Welcome to Mornings with Martin. And I I know we just talked about Isaiah chapter 27 last week. Uh, We looked at verse 1. But there's more in that chapter that um, stands out to me. So I wanted to talk about that today. So Isaiah chapter 27, and we're especially going to be looking at verse 9, but we should have a little bit of context around that too. Because verses 2 through 8 all talk about this great God who delivers his people, right? Verse 1, we talked about how he destroys the enemy. And now in verse 2, he talks about uh, hanging up the sword, and now he's, he's at peace, and he's uh, taking care of his new vineyard, right? His people. We are that, that vineyard. And so it says in verse 3, I, the Lord, am its keeper, and every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it, I keep it day and night. I have no wrath. Right? His wrath is over. His sword is, is hung up. His bow, his war bow is hung up in the sky too. Everything is done and now he is, just gets to be gracious to his people. The, the salvation event has been accomplished. Uh, maybe as New Testament Christians, we might look at that and say, ah, when Jesus says it is finished, this is, this is God hanging up that sword, hanging up the weapons and saying, my wrath is appeased, it's over. And now we can live at peace. So that's the context into which he says, verse 9, Therefore, by this, that is, by this, this, this work of God, by this the guilt of Jacob will be atoned for. And now this, this separate thing now, this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin. So right away we see, okay, so God has done this thing. God has accomplished this. He's, de- he's delivered his people. He's slain Leviathan. He's planted this vineyard. He's caring for it daily. This is all how the, the guilt of Jacob is atoned for. And now the fruit of that atonement, the fruit of this removal of sin is going to be this. So here's the result uh, of Christ's removing our sin. Uh, I know I'm, I'm taking some New Testament language in there. But anyway, it continues on the rest of verse 9. Uh, this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin when he makes all the stones of the altars like chalk stones crushed to pieces. No asherim or incense altars will remain standing. Now, two, two ways to look at this. First, uh, first, what we see is uh, in those times, altars were all kind, for all kinds of different gods. And Asherim poles and things like that, those were uh, the incense altars. All of that was all very idolatrous action. And so you've been redeemed by God. You've, the Leviathan and evil has been slain. He's caring for you daily. And the, the natural result of that is that you live a different life. This is a, a sanctification piece now for us. So we, what, what do we do? Well, if I've been forgiven, what I want to do, I want to live in response to that. I want to live in light of that truth. And so get rid of the things that are opposed to our God. I don't keep on doing the very things that brought Leviathan forth. I don't do the very things that burned down uh, vineyards and cut down trees that happened in the first half of Isaiah. No, I, I need to I want to change all that. I want to get rid of all those things that keep me from being in this vineyard. 
I want to I want to get rid of those things so that I can just live in this peace that God has won for me through his victory. So that's the first phase. It's we see this and we say, "Ah, I'm done with all of those idolatrous practices. I want to clean now my life, not so that he loves me or accepts me, but because he has. Because he has atoned for my sins. Now, my response is to shed this old identity and to become this new creation. So that's the first way to see it. The second way to see it, and I think it's a little bit of a stretch, uh, but when it says, uh, when he makes all the stones of the altars like chalk stones crushed to pieces. So I think the best way to read it is to see it as the various altars for the various different gods. Okay, Maybe an argument could be made to say that this is also speaking of the altar, as in all of the, the animal sacrifices, all of the Levitical uh, pieces there, that all will be done away with. And that's what we see in the book of Hebrews specifically, is that there's no need for animal sacrifice any longer because Christ is the sacrifice of God. He's God's special lamb that was crucified, slain for you and for me, and his blood atones for all of our sins. And so now, now there's no need for any altar because Christ is the sacrifice. But any way you read it, what we know is this. God has won our salvation. He has defeated the enemy. He has come to our rescue. He has, has watered us as a vineyard and cares for us daily. And our response to that victory is to live for him. Right? To, to live in, in response to this. If God, if someone gives you a gift, what do you want to do? You want to say, thank you. I want to use that gift. He's given us new and better life. And so let's live in that new and better life, not chasing after the false things of this world, but living in the knowledge and in the truth, knowing that our life is eternal in his kingdom. And so what do we do as Christians? Well, we're going to go love other people. We're going to go tell them this good news is for them too, just as it's for us. We're going to live assured lives, knowing that our future is secure in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the victory that you've won. We thank you for providing for our daily needs, for bringing us into your vineyard. And now, Lord, we pray that your spirit would be on us so that we can live in response to this this great gospel that you've given to us. Lord, we know we're not going to do this perfectly, and that's why we rest fully on your mercy, on your grace. But Lord, we do pray that you'd give us a great passion to live for you and to love one another. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.